Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Hey, welcome to Inside Sources. I am your guest host today, Ben Horsley, and I'm here with Casey Scott. You know, I'm wondering if we could change the name from Inside Sources to Kind of Inside Sources. I was listening to you start the show, and you were talking about how you've got a master's degree, so I f- already feel like you're going to be way smarter than I am. And cause the, <laughs> well, I'll quickly dilute that. I the only thing I'm there. a master in is breakdancing at Lagoon. Hey, you know what? We all have our skill sets, and they're all valuable in the world that we live in. So I think it's totally cool that you got the breakdancing thing down. And you've got the master's. Well, I'm telling you right now, that hasn't helped me. I'm just saying, we were talking about show topics today coming in, and this whole daylight savings thing, guess what, folks? It's back. It's that time of year again. We're going to be talking about daylight savings. And I don't know if you're me with my my master's degree, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to name the institution because I don't want to denigrate them. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, I totally don't understand daylight savings, and I don't know how we got to where we're at. So that's something we're going to be talking about today, and you certainly have some opinions on that. Yeah, and it's kind of throwing you for a loop. We do want to talk about what's going on in the in the world right now. Uh, in Turkey, they're saying it's not a ceasefire. It's just a pause in Syria, and we might be hearing from Mitt Romney in just a little bit. So Take game it. off, game off. Yep, yep. So uh, back to Wayne's world. That's uh, an excellent reference you yeah. brought up, Casey. So we're going to be talking about some politics. We're going to be talking about what's going on in the world. But we're also going to do a little lighthearted stuff. And so we've got a good show for you. We've got uh, the Romney Presser coming up, uh, Texting Summit, Daylight Savings, uh, the liquor store homeless uh, thing that's going on right now in the oh, news. That's a debacle. We're going to get into that a little bit, too. And something that I'm very passionate about, and we're going to be talking about should Halloween just be on the last Friday in October every year. You know, I'm thinking Saturday might work a little bit better, but I could be persuaded either way. Well, we're going to have a heated debate about it. And, of course, we want to hear your calls and your texts. And so we want you to tell us, should Halloween be on the last Friday in October every year? Absolutely. So start uh, logging in to your phones. Make sure you weigh in on our conversations through the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Those go to uh, 57500, or you can call in and leave a voicemail. We might uh, listen to it on air. The call-in line is 801-575-7668. Want to introduce Robin Garfield, our producer today. She's going to start us off with, what do we call this segment now? Someone suggested host in the hot seat, and I, I think that's good. It's I like it. It's got a sexy feel uh-huh. to it. Yeah. I don't know. Patent I, pending. Yeah. We need okay. some music. 
Well, yeah, we this this would be stuff that a producer would come up with. You know? But you're in the show, so it's okay. Let's go. just get going. So how does this work? <laughs> so I have a few headlines here. I'm going to read them, and each of you can take 20-ish seconds to just respond. It's something current in the news, not something we're really going to be talking about on the show today, just kind of random headlines from across the board. Uh, if you don't want to say anything on it or you don't have anything to say, you just say pass. Okay. So if there's an unhealthy or uncomfortable pause in the dialogue, we should just go straight to pause yep. or pass. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. game off on that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. This is the first one. We're going to start a little heavy today. Uh, a Sandy Hook father was awarded $450,000 in a defamation case after a professor was calling the whole thing a hoax. You know, this has been in the news, and this isn't the first time that this uh, guy has called this a hoax. You know, I, I it just... For me, it's just maddening. I mean, I, I, I don't see what the, the, the play here is. You know, I mean, it, it, it really, I, I don't understand it. And I think he should get more money. Okay, well, I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that we should be paying out tro- uh, trolls, making trolls pay out more. This is really, I think, a historical first where trolls are, are having to pay for their crimes. Keyboard yeah. assassins. That's sure. right. I mean, and and these people need to go back to that small place where the moon landing didn't occur, where uh, Barack Obama's uh, birth certificate uh, isn't located, um, some of these other more prominent, uh, where 9-11 did not occur, um, that little place in our planet, and uh, go write podcasts for each other. And if you trolls are listening, you can find Ben on his Facebook page. <laughs> That's right. Uh, ben B. Horsley <laughs> is the Twitter account. Do not go to the Grand Schools one, please. Oh, hey, we're just having some fun here, but that's okay. Next topic. All right, here we go. Uh Former Nazi SS guard is 93 years old, and he is going to trial in Hamburg uh, for crimes committed in World War II. He's 93. This is, do the math, however many years later. Any any thoughts on... Hala freaking Luya. Yeah. I don't think age gets you out of your crime. I got to tell you, they should be seeking out these types of criminals until they're dead and buried in the ground. And maybe even then pull them up, try them just one more time, hang them just in case, and put them back. Yeah. Yep. Age doesn't get you out of the crime. Nope. All right. Next one here. Now, this is a little bit of a hot topic in Utah. So remember, you know, our airwaves and our listeners here. Conservative groups are calling Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney, quote, a Democrat secret asset in a new TV ad. Go ahead, Casey. <laughs> oh, you're just going to go look right at me, huh? Well, I was just, I, all I could think of is the troll doll again uh, with the big purple hair. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? When you ask me to be on this show and, you know, it's usually political conversation, I'm, I'm not too political savvy. I just think I look at the headlines every day and, and, and go, you know what? People couldn't write this stuff, you know? And, oh. and I mean, it's, it, it's comedy a, gold. Yeah. And so now Club for Growth, which is the uh, the the group, the pack that's putting these. Oh, I thought you were talking about the stuff I put on my head. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> that too. Like Rogan. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> do you Club have for any growth? extra? I'm, I don't I'm know. Struggling in that it's area working. Myself. I get it at Costco. It's cheaper. You know what? Mitt Romney is the rational, reasonable adult in the room. And hallelujah that we have somebody representing the state of Utah at a national level that can be that adult because right now we're not getting it out of Trump and we're not getting it out of Pelosi. Good take. All right. We'll go on to this one's a little pop culture, although it's a little sad. Um, Alex Trebek been, been around for years and years and years. He is fighting uh, back against pancreatic, pancreatic cancer. It has uh, made a resurgence. Uh, any thoughts in general, Alex Trebek and his, you want to go first? You know, I think he is just so, 
great for what he's doing to bring awareness to it, and he's meant so much to that show. I'm just I, I'm proud of everything he does, and, and I think you know he's an amazing man. What is an amazing man? You know, I have a, a very close friend and coworker who actually her last day of work was just two days ago, uh, struggling with the same disease. And uh, it just takes a, such a toll to see what he's gone through. He's a hero, man. Uh, you're absolutely right. Bringing awareness to the issue of cancer just sucks. There's just no 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 means about it. And so uh, applaud him. He's a gentleman and a scholar, and uh, I'll be a fan forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody did mention, we were talking about this on the show a few weeks ago, is there a Jeopardy without Alex Trebek. I mean, now that's the theme never song's going to be in my head the rest dun, of the dun, show. Dun, so if dun, Casey dun, goes too dun, long in a segment, dun. I'm just going to throw that You're out. You're not going to have a problem with that. <laughs> just pull it up. All right. You know, we we went through all of our questions pretty quickly. So I have one more that we uh, we talked about yesterday. I, I called it the most breaking news story of the week. Uh, I, I brought it up with our host yesterday, Scott Howell and Jim Bennett. Uh, came straight off of Instagram. Britney Spears has gone back to blonde. Hair. Uh, can we end our segment with your takes on this breaking uh, news? Wait, she, back to blonde? I guess she went brunette in July, and then she just announced yesterday she's gone back to blonde. I'm going to tell you, Casey, I'm just glad anytime Britney Spears has hair. Yeah. Because I think that other bald look was just that not was years really, ago. I mean, I'm a huge fan. Hit I, me, baby, one more time. Mm-hmm. The reality of her going around uh, without any hair was just devastating. Ben, I'm going to call you out now. Hit me, baby, one more time. Name three more Britney Spears songs. I got nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. But he's a, you know, that's the biggest one. Hey, ask, yeah. me, ask me about Taylor Swift. Oh, you a big fan of Taylor nothing. Swift? Nothing. I got nothing. No T-Swifty? No, I can do that uh, That one song. You know, it goes a little... Su- yeah, I got nothing. She's amazing. She, uh, she? I, I, Taylor Swift, she can write a catchy song. And Britney Spears can write a catchy I song. I can hear it. I can hear it in the back of my head, but I couldn't Talking even Talking about Shake It Off? Was. Shake It Off. There it is. Yeah. No, because there's all these anti-bullying videos, right. campaigns. Our, our schools and our kids have done some stuff with some of her songs. I have no doubt they're both very talented. The only thing that I, when I think of Britney Spears, I think of the time she went to the VMAs with Justin Timberlake. And he had this curly mop top beach blonde hair and she had hers blonde. And the only thing I remember is they were wearing matching denim outfits mm-hmm. and i thought how cool is that and, and that was late cool. 90s that was my junior high in high school this right? was i mean there was a run on denim that denim year. today no, there's a yeah, run on the denim. fashion police didn't stop you at the front door no, did not they here not at KSL. she came in the back you know britney's got an interesting career and it just ages me to to say this but there's been all these issues i've, I've read an in-depth story about her and her uh, conservatorship with, with her, dad. her father yeah that's a Jamie. And her fans, free, free Britney, yeah, because they don't think she has control of her career. But or... I'll tell you one thing to to look at Britney and, and kind of in the world I live, she's she per- perseveres, yeah, and, and and she never gives up and she keeps going, you know. And she's been knocked down a bunch of times and always came back. I mean, she had a very well paid residency in Las Vegas, yeah, and and you know she's she's doing right and she's giving it her all and she's not giving up. Yeah, I got no problem with Britney. She's not one of those pop stars who's out there causing issues. She's just trying to live her ben, life. Ben, let me ask a you a question. Sure. Real quick. What's in your CD player right now? CD player? I Because <laughs> I don't think you have an I don't think do you I have, have the U2's greatest hits right. actually right now. The sweetest thing. The sweet Yeah, well, it's all Hot it's tongue, the, baby. Yeah, it's that two disc set that came out what, the late 90s or the early 2000s. Did you go see the the thing out at the Living Planet Aquarium, the old no, stage? No, this is one of my 
greatest life regrets is that I've never seen you two live in concert. Oh, I've seen them. They're great. Oh, I'm, it's devastating to me. But uh, This is cracking me up. We did politics. We did everything. And uh, the Britney Spears is what, what garnered the most discussion here today. This, this thrills me. Yeah, this, I love it. This is going to be a fun show. We've <laughs> Hard got hitting a- topics here on <laughs> Inside, Inside Sources. Sources. We've got to go to break, guys. Tell us what's coming up next. Hey, don't go away. we got a couple other topics. We're going to be checking out the Syria-Turkey issue and updating you on that and hearing what Senator Mitt Romney, is that what you called him? Mitt Romney, my bad, what, what he has to say on the issue. Uh, stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I am Ben Horsley. I'm here with Casey Scott. And you've got a hot take on this. Uh, you, you think I've got a hot take? I, I, I don't really have a hot take on uh, politics. I mean, really, I'm not a political kind of guy. I, right now, I think the, the political climate of the world is maddening. I mean, it really is for for someone. I guess I say like me because I'm not too savvy about it. And well, and does it incline you to get involved and more engaged when you see the headlines the way they are? You know, y- y- yes and no. Yes, I mean, it, it makes me want to get in and dig deeper. But then you you don't know where to go. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's you're just bombarded in every direction by somebody saying this, somebody saying that. And so, I mean, right now, I you know, I I, I talk to trusted friends, I talk to people I know, and right. I, and, and that's where I kind well, of figure it out. Well, and if you really want to get in depth, you're going to go read a ton of news and get it from a bunch of different sources to try to figure out what's up and what's down you know but most people don't have that kind of time yeah who has that kind of time and and of course you listen to great programs like this inside source and you and you get our take on it and and where we think it's going but i mean you could really i mean it's a full-time job just to stay abreast of all the news that's happening every day so in case you're not aware uh there was this issue late last week uh, trump pulled our forces from and i don't want to say forces we didn't have a tremendous amount of uh, a presence. Our, yeah, we did have a presence that was stopping a Turkish invasion of northern Syria, where the Kurds, who have been allies of the United States for many, many, many years, helping to contain the ISIS threat there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were kind of on the hold there, but Turkey wanted to invade. Um, uh, Trump basically gave them the green light to be able to do so. And uh, now there's this uh, alleged ceasefire. And what did you call it? A uh, uh, game on, game off. It just reminded me because it said it's not a ceasefire, it's a pause. And it just reminded me of that old Wayne's World where they were playing hockey in the street <laughs> and they'd go, game on! And by the way, classic cinema to the utmost. Game I, off! How many people don't still get to that song, Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. and start headbanging? But anyways, your hot take. And so, and so it just, it, you know, I and I think that's what the general public and people out there, they're just trying to figure it out. Right. And what's going on? So we were hoping that we would be able to hear uh, Senator Romney speak from the Senate floor regarding this topic and go live to his comments. Um, if that comes up before the break, um, we want to bring that to you live here on KSL Radio and make sure that uh, we hear those comments. Um, Senator Romney, obviously being a member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, um, has some in-depth uh 
analysis or ideas and obviously opinions on this topic. Obviously condemned President Trump. Uh, Been very vocal. Those. Yeah, very vocally. And actually there was some conflict here locally because Senator Mike Lee applauded the effort. Um, we've seen on our text line here, we were supposed to be in Syria for one month, 10 years ago. If Obama was doing this, the Dems would have cheered. You know what? I, I regard I, We live in this caustic, uh, up-and-down, topsy-turvy world with terrorists uh, who want to kill us at any given moment because you and I are doing what we're doing, which is talking freely about the things that we yeah. believe in. Um, I, regardless of what we intended to on our presence there, I, I appreciate Senator Lee's notion that if we're going to declare war, Congress needs to uh, enact its portion of that. Uh, but at the same time, those were our allies. Uh, I don't know about you. We don't have those kind of situations where we make friends, we make commitments with our world leaders, uh, and then when the uh, when the time is ripe, uh, we make a seasoned withdrawal uh, where everybody's on the same page. But Trump just kind of pulled the rug out from our allies. And that seems to kind of be how he's been running his administration. Uh, you know, and, and that's the way I see it. And, and I just speak about the way I see it. It reminds me of an old joke. I've been TV and radio in this market for 20 years. And the standard joke for weather people was, if you don't like the weather in Utah, wait five minutes. You can almost <laughs> apply that to politics. If you don't like what's going on in politics right now, wait five minutes because it's so back and forth and the headlines are changing so oftenly that you go, okay, am I mad now? Okay, no, no, uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, can I get angry about something else? Yeah. Or frustrated by something else? And it seems to be just this next, 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 next. And it's... It's crazy for me. Well, we're talking about the situation in Syria and Turkey, and frankly, this is just another distraction to to Trump's strategy, if there is one. uh, This is kind of how he rolls. When the impeachment talk gets hot, let's go find something else to blast the Democrats on or find a new topic to move on to to distract people from impeachment talk. Um, that's obviously still moving forward, but most people are really now focused on this issue. You know, something something that I think about is that, you know, when we were kids 20 years ago, and you know this because you're in the educational, the history books were such. What do you think the history books are going to look like in 20 years? Well, it's good thing that we're moving more to digital resources uh-huh. because these print books would be out of date uh, six months later and a year later. And you can imagine that pace has quickened. They're out of date a week or two later. And so as we see our modern history unfold, we're really, you're absolutely right, the speed of which things, uh, communication, Twitter, social media, uh, 24-hour news cycles, it's kind of going that way. I imagine politics has always been kind of an ugly uh, industry, you know, I mean, for the outsiders, you know. Absolutely. But it just seems uglier and uglier each day. You know, when I was on my first campaign back in 2002, uh, there was a, a legislator who got uh, busted for solicitation, and the campaign I was working on was a federal one, and we were running against a, a Republican against a moderate Democrat, and I remember going into a strategy meeting going, oh, this is going to derail us. The Republicans can't be trusted. Uh, <laughs> there's this uh, family matters type issue here, and uh, Republicans still rolled that year. Um, it was so little known about the actual solicitation. It didn't even really come out until like a week later. And But now, today, if that were to happen, holy cow, that would be 24-hour news on that issue. It would be much more high profile, even uh, from the, the hot tub issue uh, from this, uh, the House Majority Leader even just a few years ago. Most people can't even remember that. I don't. And, and the reality is, is that with 
the way things churn out, we do forget so easily. And it's hard to hold our elected officials accountable when we can't remember what happened two weeks ago. You know, nobody's talking about Epstein. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Yeah. They... (laughs) Right, let, let's let's bring that back, actually, when we go and talk about homelessness later on, because most people are unaware that the state has spent over $60 million creating this new strategy and approach to homelessness. And uh, is it working? We're going to see how that's playing out. We're going to discuss that a little bit more in depth. We regret that we were not able to pull up uh, the Mitt Romney. Yeah, apparently that did not go live as planned at 1245, although I am seeing on Twitter here. Um, that there is, uh, he is on the Senate floor, and uh, if we can pull that audio, um, we'll get that update to you as soon as uh, to hear what his comments are. And if you see me looking around, I'm just trying to figure out where the seatbelt is because I have a feeling I'm in for quite the ride with you today. Okay, I'm just I'm, I'm, my my head is spinning. I'm going, how am I going to keep up with this guy? He's way too smart for me. Oh, I don't know about that. Do you I can't find fart out jokes funny? Students. What's that? Do you find fart jokes funny? Absolutely. Okay, good. Then we've, we've, we got a common point. Hey, we I've can got move. five kids, including four boys. How could they not be hilarious? Yeah, a well-timed one will kill a room every time. That's right. <laughs> so stick around on the show. we got a, an absolute great action-packed show for you today. It is Thursday. That's really kind of a Saturday because half of Utah went where? UEA. All right. Utah invades Anaheim. You know what? Do they not give us discounts? I mean, really, California should be throwing out some some incentives to the state. Well, I feel like they spend enough advertising in this state that it's a a wash. Absolutely. Well, if you aren't aware, um, uh, Senator Mitt Romney is on the Senate floor discussing an update to uh, the situation in Turkey and Syria. If there's any uh, information there that we prove pertinent, we'll bring that back to you live. Otherwise, uh, we're out of time for this segment. So stick around. We'll be back. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Well, we're back. Inside Sources. I'm Ben Horsley. Casey Scott. We've got to appreciate Senator Romney's remarks, a difficult issue there, but we're going to move some more hard-hitting news and talk about the complications that always come this time of year. It is that time of year. No, I'm not talking about Halloween. I'm talking about daylight savings. And this threw you for a tailspin. You told me you've got a master's degree, but you're still trying to wrap your head around why we are having this conversation. What's it about? The pros, the cons, the good, the bad, the ugly. So what are your thoughts on daylight savings right now? Well, I, you know, this conversation I work at the legislature comes up every year, and I honestly can't figure out. There's this somewhat federal mandate and the state has some options with respect to what they can do on that. A texter enlightened me by saying uh, the sun is overhead at when it should be noon and it's really 1 p.m. on our clocks. And that's really the heart of the issue. So if you got a sundial. Right. Exactly. You're lost. Yes, I'm totally screwed. But when we were talking about off-air in the pre-planning meeting, you were telling me that it also has something to do with kids walking to school. Is that is that true or not? Yeah, well, I mean, that, that comes up as a safety issue. Mm-hmm. And you, you think about kids going to school. I mean, I, I work for Granite School District, obviously. We had a few years ago a student who was walking across, I want to say 4700 South, in that early morning hours when... Uh, the sun is right in the eyes of the drivers. Yep. He, he cut across. He was totally jaywalking, uh, but he's a kid. Kids don't always make the best decisions every time. Adults don't. Yeah, let's just bring that across the board. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, our 
political leaders don't. But in this case, this kid jaywalked, got hit by a car who could not see him. So whether it's too dark in the morning and kids are walking around, I know that's been a topic of conversation with respect to how we handle daylight savings. Now, originally I heard it was uh, implemented because of the farmers so they could have longer time in the fields when they they were doing that. And, uh, you know, and now it's just kind of one of those things that's been passed down, you know, and and we don't know why we still do it. I know right now I've got a a thing up that says Oregon just did did away with it in 2020. They will stay on uh, standard time. And so, so help me understand this. For those of you who are ultimately always confused, are we on standard time right now or are we on daylight savings? I think we're on daylight savings. Okay, so we we are on daylight savings, meaning we get that extra hour at the end of the day. Is that yeah, but right? I don't think we always get an extra hour. I mean, I just think it it stays lighter longer. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. And as a baseball coach, let me tell you, I completely support that. Mm-hmm. But I know that in a few weeks here, we're going to, quote unquote, fall back, and suddenly it's going to be dark at 3.30 in the afternoon. Which is depressing. Uh, very depressing. You go to work in the dark. You come home in the dark. If I want that, I'll move to Alaska. Right. And if you have windows outside, you might, of your office, you might get a little daylight. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, if you're in one of those cubicle places or you work in a studio, for instance. Yeah. You know, I spent a lot of time not working last year. And, uh, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time watching the QVC. And a big thing is people buy these sun lamps for their offices so they can get the vitamin D. And it affects your mood. And so, I mean, that's a real thing. And I don't Well, in this day and age, too, with the high anxiety, which I blame completely on social media, uh, with our kids, I know that in our new school designs that the natural daylight is just a huge thing uh, for the, the educational benefits it drives. You know, I think there's better things to waste our time on. But, I mean, if people want to get rid of it, it doesn't matter to me. I just get tired of the conversation every year. I, I think we can all agree on that. But I did look up online to find some things that you should be doing during daylight savings times. And Which are, we're on right now, yeah, just to well, be clear. Just when it switches. These are nine tasks to complete when daylight saving time ends. So they say this is a good time to test your smoke and carbon monoxide detectors to make sure that their batteries are working. Okay. So that's going to happen twice a year, and I think that's a valuable thing to do. I don't get this one, but they say reverse the ceiling fans. What does that mean? I, so it pulls the air up instead of pushing it down? And change the direction. Maybe it, it gets the dust Can off top do, of them. My mind is just blown. I'm pretty sure there's a little button that goes this way or that way. And, and then, it's, yeah. holy cow, I didn't even know that was a thing. Of course, I don't have ceiling fans in my house. Uh, you're learning something on the inside sources I, today. My mind is blown. Flip or rotate your mattress. Now, that's something I try to do on a pretty regular basis. Do you? Because I get sucked into that. Yeah, I want to make sure my wife has the opportunity to have that for a few months as well. And that's kind. You are a giving person. You know, I want to balance things in our relationship. Yeah. You know, you got to be able to know and understand what each other might be going through. I I feel you, man. I really do. I have your furnace inspected, which is a good time right now. Because okay, is what that you, just a scam, though, to get no, me to... Well, have you ever went to turn it on and had it not go on and be freezing outside? Only one time. And then you make a call to your heating and, and air guys. And then I paid 98 bucks for some guy to use a little scratchy pad to clean But right now, the, they're not super busy, so it's a good time to have it inspected. I'm telling you, I'm not just part of the my machine. My HVAC neighbor is, like, toilet papering my house right now. Yes. 
Uh, prepare trees for the winter. And, and I, you know, I just figured they do that by dropping their leaves, but maybe... Yeah, how do you prepare a tree for the winter? I'm maybe, not an arborist. Maybe if it if it's a new sapling, you wrap it with cloth tape to make sure that it lasts through our winter. Look at you. You're a freaking expert on this. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just going off the top of my head. By the head. way, my wife texted me, says I'm saying freaking too much. Oh, it's okay. Air. Okay. I'm from Utah. I understand that. <laughs> well, I, I speak Utah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, turn off exterior Hold on. Faucets. Go back to the tree thing. Yeah. So I have a tree in my front yard, and I want I want those leaves to come out, but they always wait till the very end. They're telling me I go shake my tree. Are they really going to come no, out? No, no, I know, I know. You don't. I don't think you shake your tree. I don't think that would be very helpful for your tree. I think you that's just you just. I don't have think to I'm wait. strong enough, frankly. If you want to fight Mother Nature, I say go ahead, but I don't think it's a wise thing to do. I'm one of those neighbors who potentially might, on occasion, every fall, wait till the wind blows enough. Mm-hmm. before I absolutely go out and rake or mulch the last of my leaves. I can tell you, because this happened to me, I had uh, bl- taken the, the, what is it? The, the blower thing? The blower, here? and that's the best way to rake your leaves. Yes. And I blew them all into three separate piles. And then we spent two days with my kids jumping, jumping in. into the pile And losing your car keys, of course. We did, never lost the car keys because I didn't have a car at that time. <laughs> but I do now. But I'm smart enough not to. But here's the thing we did, and we played in it for three days. And then the fourth day, snow. And we couldn't get to those leaves. Those leaves were buried for an entire winter. When I came back, I've oh, got no. three crop circles in my backyard. <laughs> so Did they eventually sh- kind of just mulch down or die? No, and- because then when I had to pick them up, they were wet, they were heavy, they were miserable. So what I'm saying is take time to play in the leaves, but leave time to pick them all up. All right. What's next on the list? Uh, turn off the exterior faucets. And that's a good one because I, I've done, a, you know, my older brother owns a home warranty company. And every once in a while they'll get a call because they didn't put a You're styrofoam. supposed to put your hose away too, put right? Put your hose Tied away. Together. But that faucet that goes out to your backyard, if you don't put a styrofoam or a sealant around it, right. there's still water in there that it can freeze into the house and cause a water problem. Right. So you want to make sure. And you, nobody wants a water break. No, they no, not in the middle of the winter. So when you're in the frustration and depression of daylight savings, go try to prevent these kind of things. Yeah, and you can go to your your hardware store and buy a faucet mount that you put on there. That's that feels a little less like exploitation from HVAC plumbing companies than the other one. Yeah, Uh, and the other one is seal air leaks because you know with the heat and all that stuff, you you, like my mom would say, "You we're not eating the outside," and so you want to make sure you can get something. I just said that. Did I just age myself? Yes. so they've got those kind of uh, sandy things, sandbag things that you yeah. can put at the base of your door so the hot air doesn't get out. Right. Make sure you got the you know around your windows and stuff like that, and it's going to save you some money in the long run. Well, you could always put those around your fridge doors if you have five kids like I like I do. But I don't, with the door all the way open, I don't think it prevents much. You know what you do? Buy bad food. <laughs> Let them eat it. <laughs> yeah, get some curdled milk. I'll tell you what. I knew it was bad. Parenting my... tips one hundred and one. Have you ever had liverwurst? No. I think we were the only house growing up that had liverwurst constantly in the fridge. Oh, and you'd go, Mom, good. there's nothing to eat. There's liverwurst. <laughs> well, Put enough uh, mustard on it. There's nothing to eat. Put Say enough mustard again. on it. You can choke that down. Maybe some mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, any other tips before we go to break? Uh, that, that said eight, and uh, let me see if there's one more hiding under here. Uh, but that's just some fun stuff to do or maybe informative stuff to do. Uh, the ninth one, drain your water heater. Many people don't think about their water heaters until there's a problem. It's a good idea to drain your water heater. Did you yeah, know you yeah, could yeah. do so that? I I did, but I got to tell you, I have one of those uh, instantaneous ones, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. We did have a great text uh, tip from one of our listeners during the summer. You want the fan to blow air straight down, so your ceiling fan, 
needs to run in a counterclockwise direction. Everybody take notes on this. I know I am. As you look at it, the warmer it is, the higher the speed should be during the winter. Your fan should run at a low speed in a clockwise direction. I want to so party with that You're going to have to go make sure that's going clockwise going into the fall uh, and with daylight savings. And appreciate this other text from another texter. Oops. Uh, I don't know if they're referencing us as guest hosts or not. but I those think they would have said, ouch. That could have that might have been a little more appropriate. We are out of time though for this particular segment. We're going to come back uh, a little bit later and talk about the homeless issue. Um, Sixty million dollars spent in the state of Utah to build these new facilities and programs. Um, how's that going? And what's the winter look like for our homeless uh, residents? Thanks for listening to Inside Sources. Can I try Inside Sources? Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back to Inside Source. I'm Casey Scott, filling in for I don't know who, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, who is... I've been on the show a couple times. You're here. We're filling in for fill-ins now. We're we're filling in. uh, We're at the bottom of the barrel. That's right. We're desperate because everybody went to Disneyland You're not. You're way too smart. But the voice you're hearing is Ben Horsley, and uh, you're with the school district, Greenwich School District. Correct. And uh, we brought our producer, Robin, in because we've got a bone to pick with you. Okay. And today we want to talk about... Kindergarten half day. (laughs) What is the theory behind kindergarten half day? Because I'm pretty sure you guys all sat in rooms and decided this is going to be the best for everybody. How did the how did it come to be that kindergartners only go for half day? You want to throw anything in on that, Robin? Before I go go to town on you guys, I am straight split down the middle because I've had two do half day and one now is in full day kindergarten, and I actually see there are some kids. Who at six years old, especially with their young five five year old kindergartners, that full day is too much. Right, and so I can see as a parent, we had the choice between half day. And my he's five. He he wishes he, he wishes he could go for twelve hours a day. I mean, he loves he just kindergarten loves school. so much. But I can see with my other two, clearly goes to one of our Grand School District schools. Just kidding, yeah. clearly. <laughs> but see, my gripe is with two working parents and a half day of school. That's the problem. How do you make that fly? Well, you got my wife too, who. Uh, Bless our sweet little demon diva six-year-old has been counting down until the day that she went to school for the full day in first grade because we're on a half day in, in Davis School District. Yeah, that's where my kids go. So, uh, yes, you are absolutely right. Many, many years ago in a cigar-smoke-filled room, all the superintendents said, how can we get together and make life miserable for all these parents? And obviously, there was a lot of working moms at the time. Yeah. So, uh, no, I. This is actually you. You brought it up, Robin. This is a distinction between low income, um, high, what you would call a Title One programming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Title One funding is federal funding for uh, high, uh, low income school, low income students um, to provide additional supports. The state does provide funding for full day kindergarten, and so it's not the superintendents really. It's uh, uh, this. The state legislature, frankly, providing funding for full-day kindergarten uh, in high-poverty areas. So you have uh, – where you live, obviously, very high income, right? No, but yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I live in Davis County. So there's there's not as much high poverty in your area. And so providing those additional time and resources for those kids. I want you to envision a race, and I'm going to ramble here for a second. Uh, you think of kindergartners as, as starting a race at the start of the school year. A high-poverty kid – 
um, may only know because of their circumstances, might not have the family support at home. No pre-K. Mom and dad's working. Yeah, no pre-K or preschool programming. Uh, they could come into a kindergarten with only 600 known words in their vocabulary compared to a middle-class income kid coming in with over 2,500. Think about that distinction. And we want all those kids to be on par at by third grade at the same reading level. Well, that's what they you know they tell you as a parent when you go to the parent-teacher conference. They go, don't get too stressed out yet. Everybody kind of equals out around third grade. That's the goal. Yeah, absolutely. So at at that point, you're you're really trying. You're starting everybody on the same starting line. Yet if they are all going the same pace, they're not going to be at, at finish at the same spot. So the idea is if we can bring high-poverty kids in, give them a full-day kindergarten experience, um, help benefit that vocabulary and obviously the other academic areas, bring them up to speed with their middle-class counterparts, they're obviously going to be on the same page uh, by the third grade. That doesn't always work out, but that's the intent. But see, I'm, I'm glad you, you're, you're talking about this because for me, mine was just purely uh, selfish. Mine was I, I don't know how we're going to get our, our kids taken care of because it's a half day and, and both parents are working. Right. you got to figure out the, the – It wasn't about parent. his education. It was just an inconvenience to me. Well, unfortunately, you and many other patrons of our free – a public education is it really free? Free, free. We'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is a free system in in generally in general terms. Uh, is it a childcare system? Yeah, and that's a frustration, right? Yeah, because um, obviously, without parental engagement, that's the number one factor between whether a child could be successful or not. Well, and we went back with us back and forth and back and forth because it's an option. We had the option to choose between half day and full day. Um, I work full time, so it was either put him in half day. And then have them go to daycare for the other half of the day or after. And we know there's always a really great uh, quality educational experience in the daycare sure. system. Yeah, it gets, it's very. You just want to walk out of here with no friends, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm empathizing no, with it's, our it's producer here. Well, and then we had we had a nanny over the summer. There's lots of options. Or or it was just keep him on campus at the school for the full day. Right. And uh, also, kind of to Casey's point, as a parent looking at that, I mean, I love my children, but the thought of having my five-year-old in school for an extra three hours, was it just too good to pass up? Even if I wasn't working full time, we would have. But pushed. you, you mentioned though that your one of your kids really couldn't handle. Yeah, my my uh, he's seven now. He did kindergarten, loved it. The first day of first grade, when he went, I remember picking him up from school. He was like in an, almost in and out of consciousness. He was so tired, and just, that we knew when he was a kindergartner that the full day would not have worked for him. He I, okay. Do you guys remember in kindergarten? I went to kindergarten at Tolman Elementary in. Davis School District. Grand they Elementary. rolled out the maps. Down oh, well, I took a nap. We took a nap. We took naps. Yeah. yeah. But then again, we also made ashtrays. <laughs> was this for the, the, the sweatshop period? That was a thing. And you get the parents who didn't well, smoke, now they we're go, building, oh, it's for my uh, change. Now our kindergarten kids are building vape trick devices. So <laughs> it's uh, it's all, whatever the culture is But no, but we did it. take a nap. You know, and, and I remember that. And, and I just, I was just wondering what your take on that was. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I think you'll find a lot of educational leaders in the state are pushing for what we call OEK, optional extended kindergartner. So when you have kids who might not fit that need or have that issue um, and child care is not on the front burner for their family because uh, mom or dad gets to stay home with the kids, um, you're not going to see that being an issue. However, getting the legislature to fund that has been an ongoing battle. Um, obviously, it's additional revenue. 
Well, and we did when we were signing my son up for kindergarten. I did need to specify that I worked full time. That both of us worked full. Whether or not we would have got the spot, regardless. But I know when we were filling out the paperwork, it did say do both parents work full time. I don't know if that gave us a leg up getting him into all day kindergarten. Um, had I been home full time, it would have been harder to justify having him in. Right. You know. But I also don't day. want to discount a lot of the after school programs that are out there that are available that are are, are very good. Well, you see a lot of partnerships with. Uh, organizations like the United Way to provide uh, even before school programs. One of the most dis breaks your heart is to drive by some of our schools in high poverty areas at seven in the morning and see kids waiting for the school to be open. And obviously staff's not even there yet at that point in time because families have legitimate issues. That's because the parents are going to work. Yeah, they got to go to work. And, yeah. uh, especially or they're getting breakfast. Yeah. And so and, – and that doesn't uh, – schools generally do open, but we don't have the ability to pay for additional supervision above and beyond when parents are working. And it, so – It is nice in Utah to have a choice as a parent uh, for my kindergartners because I think there are a lot of parents that don't want to send their kindergartners to full day. Absolutely. Um, you know, developmentally they might not be ready or just personally – you know, as a mom, some parents like having their kids home. Sometimes we're, the parents might not be ready. Right. Some I, parents. We're, we're not those yes. people. We we smile and wave on first day of school, but uh, – right. Some parents You're not, not sobbing on the first day? Or? You know, okay. Um, I do have to say my husband did take a very sideways paparazzi picture of me this year on kindergarten day, uh, and I'm crying, and my my son's hugging me, and it's the sweetest little picture. And I'm normally not that person. He's my baby. I will admit I did cry on the first day of kindergarten this year. Uh, what but what just age was once. this? What, this this is a few months ago. Yeah, this is this was the, the end of our. Aren't August. you a veteran? Come on now. You, well, this is my baby. This oh, is a big ba- milestone. So, a, so the middle kid you didn't there, care no, about. No, the first two I just... I'm a middle child. I understand that. Yeah. Your mom didn't cry when she sent you to No, I'm pretty sure she laughed. She peeled out. The tires were burning. (laughs) And she yelled, have fun with him. Okay. We did have a texter chime in and say, you must not pay taxes because school is far from free. (laughs) Okay. Obviously, we're dealing with somebody who's very literal. Uh, We're talking about uh, federal law, free access to public education. Yes, people, that system is being paid for by our wonderful taxpayers. And it's a great resource and foundation of our country. So with respect to that, we are running out a little time. Any more thoughts on OEK? No, I just found this picture, though. Here's I'll show this that to you. That is very break. sideways. This is, this is me and my, my my baby hugging and crying. on the, for, So I don't want to come across as a monster. You know? okay. just, I just want to put that out there. I, am, I do miss my kids. Casey, are you a monster? I can be. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, when your kids are going off to school, though, you're not uh, you're not sobbing or anything. No, I'm excited. It, but my kids really enjoy the social aspect. They're a little bit like their father in that in the, in that regards. By and large, and it can be so much fun, especially when they start getting the. Same you know, I home. I love school. I yeah. mean, I, I people, I wouldn't go back to high school for anything. I'd go back now. Well, I tell you what, I would never go back to junior high. I don't think oh, anybody oh, 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 had a positive junior high experience, but I do high school, and especially enough. knowing what I know now, I'd have a blast. Amen. All right. Well, Inside Sources, thank you for joining us. When we come back, we've got some more topics to address. Homelessness, whether Halloween should be on the last Friday. I'm saying Saturday of every year. Uh, Those hard-hitting topics coming up. Stick around. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. What does that really mean, Casey? Inside sources. Well, it means we're inside the source, so we're letting everybody in on our conversation. Well, let me tell you, I'm on the inside here of the KSL studio, and I see this whole newsroom of Deseret News folks. Yeah. And 
Nadine Wimmer walking across, very incestuous news organization, all working together to bring the latest and greatest. Right. Is that what we're inside about? That works for me. Okay. When you get close enough to Nadine, you can call her Dee Dee. I don't feel comfortable. Okay, do you see this fly? Yeah. Okay, if you're watching on the line, there's a fly, and it's huge. I'm pretty sure it's a horse fly. It could pick me up and carry me away, and it will not leave me alone. Do you ever see that general conference talk a few years ago where the the speaker was? You might be surprised. I'm going to say no. (laughs) I'm going to tell you there was a speaker. (laughs) There was a speaker at general conference, and the poor guy was besieged by a fly. Well, we're we're lucky enough to have a guest today. I'm just going to move on, and we're going to now because the flies over to me. We got Representative Mike Schultz on, and we want to talk about the housing uh, market here in Utah right now because there's a lot of things going on. Mike, how are you, sir? Great. Thanks, Casey. Ben, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Give us a little bit of idea with your background. Obviously, you're a state rep, but you obviously have some intimate knowledge of the housing industry. Could you give us a little insight on that? Yeah, no, you bet. I I am certainly an elected state representative uh, from the Weber County area, but one of the great things about Utah is we have a citizen legislature, so... We all have full-time jobs. We have to go steal and support our families and uh, make a living. And uh, it's a a true service uh, position, public service position, the legislature is. And so uh, my my full-time job is a a home builder, Um, and uh, it's something that I've been doing for about 22, 23 years now. And uh, I love having the opportunity to build homes for families, and uh, just it's, it's a great profession. All right, so would you say business has been good for the past 23 years? <laughs> business has been up and down for 23 years. Yeah, it's been, certainly been good the last few years, but, boy, 10 years ago, there were some certainly really rough times in the home building industry. Now, one thing I'm interested to talk to you about right now is 20 years ago, uh, there were starter homes for people out there that you could get into. And it seems right now yeah. that there aren't many starter homes out there. Is that safe to say? Gosh, Casey, I'd say 10 years ago, there were starter homes for people to get into. Uh, the, the, we could 10 years ago, we could still build homes in the low 200,000s and mid 200,000s and uh uh, people could still afford that. That you're, you're right. Today, that is not available. There's those tri-level type homes, right? Those split yeah, entries tri-level. that nobody likes anymore. Yep. Yep. Split entries. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yep. Yep. Now, I live you, in that neighborhood, so I just know those. those yeah. Homes. Now, would you? Th- yeah. Because there's no starter homes out there. Do you? Do you think that that's the reason we're seeing uh, apartment complexes pop up all over? It certainly is. Uh, that. It's funny because I, I was actually looking, been looking at the numbers, and if you look at uh, single-family housing, we're building houses about the same rate we were in 2003-2002 time frame. But once you include multifamily into those numbers, uh, we're we're we're, we're have increased significantly on the multifamily, I mean, three to four-fold. And so uh, the single-family housing that's being built isn't keeping up with the demand, and that's mainly because of supply, which is is causing prices to go up. Which so obviously... It's a simple I, supply and demand economics issue. You've got the rental rates in the, the market just sky high as well, obviously, because of that demand. I mean, you drive around this neighborhood where KSL Studios are, there's probably six new apartment complex 
with, uh, within the last few years. Uh, you see that you demand know, I, res- uh, going down at all? No, that that demand's actually increasing, and, and uh, the, the the apartment rent growth, as far as how much rent goes up every year, has went up four to seven percent every year for the last four to five years. A historical average is probably around two to three percent. Now, I want to throw you a curveball a little bit because you often hear about the millennials changing the dynamics of the way we live, work, talk. Uh, do you feel like a lot of the millennials are moving towards apartment living uh, to save money to do other things, extracurricular activities? Case, that's a great question. I, I, I think that, that that's a portion of it, but that's not the overall uh, – that, that's not – the case for everyone, I don't believe. And in fact, I think millennials are are more accepting of living in apartments for, for for the most part. I think most of them still want to own their own home. And I think one of the things is lot sizes. I would say definitely today, millennials still want a single family house, but they want them on really small lots and they don't want to have to take care of their yards, but they still like the single family living. What is wrong with millennials? Like, I love mowing my lawn. It is, like, therapeutic. I promise you, when this show's done, you're not going to walk away with any friends, Ben. (laughs) Sorry, Casey. I'm going to say this. I know for a fact that this is not a millennial issue because they all still live in their parents' basements, right? Wow. Oh, no. Sorry. We weren't talking about millennials today. (laughs) Uh, uh, Mike, there's an article that came out that said million-dollar homes are selling like hotcakes. I mean, I'm not saying that you sell them or you buy them, but do you feel like that that's the case here in Utah? Well, I would say the upper-end houses is is certainly uh, selling at a faster pace than it does historically. But it's not selling at as fast a pace as it was maybe a year or two ago. It slowed up a little bit, but it's still selling at, at a decent pace. Yeah, the the, the and I think that's due to the economy, right? That's that's due to the economy. I mean, the, the economy in Utah is one of the best in the nation, and and uh, so I don't know about I, I agree with you, Representative. But I don't, Casey. Are you buying a million dollar home anytime soon? Only if I got five friends who will go in on it with me. <laughs> I tell you what, the <laughs> uh, the article mentioned a lot of these are. You know, out-of-state transplants that are snapping up what they consider a good deal, I I can't imagine that's the lone driver of this. You, you know, let me tell you something that I see, and, and I see that this that the, the out-of-state peoples are certainly, uh, there's some out-of-state growth coming to the state, but approximately 70% of the growth that we're seeing are, are our own kids. And we're, we're seeing some people moving from out of state, and they're buying the bigger, nicer houses. And it's our kids that's actually being forced into the apartments, uh, and uh, because they can't they they can't afford to compete with the prices. Yeah, I would imagine that's so. I Casey and I were talking about the area where we live. I know that I've born and raised in that area, and my high school friends all want to move back in and. You know, a few years ago, that wasn't necessarily possible because prices had gone up so high, and so I can see how uh, the yeah. next generation is struggling it, to find it. And it's a, it's a simple supply and demand, both on the single-family side and the multifamily side. Uh, the, the cities and, and local governments aren't approving houses, uh, lots, and, and the type of product that is needed inside the marketplace to keep those prices lower, at, at, at least at the rate that the market's trying to absorb it. And so that's what's, try, that's what's forcing up the, 
the prices. I, I think one thing that, that's interesting is a lot of people think it's the, the labor issue. And certainly labor is one of those factors in that. But, for example, we are down 10%. We started 10% less houses in the state this year than we started last year. And so the, the, the labor is there to do more. But Boy, try to get lots approved today with the cities and, and the local governments. And uh, that, that's been one of the biggest drivers in the cost. And then is, is the, the, the availability of land as, as a whole is becoming more scarce along the Wasatch Front. And so those couple of things combined really what has driven those prices up on the single family uh, stuff. Well, uh, Representative over Schultz. The last few years. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to leave you with you guys a little advice that I uh, got from uh, season five of The Sopranos. Tony Soprano was talking to a guy, and they were trying to figure out where to invest their money. And this guy said, I'd invest it in land. They're not making any more. Do you find that true? I do. I think housing in Utah is going to continue to rise into the future for sure. Hey, thank you very much for taking time and uh, talk with us. Hey, make sure you tell Leslie hi for me, will you? Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Ben. Have a good day. All right. Hey, thank you for listening to Inside Source. Coming up, we're going to be talking a little more about Halloween. Should it be on the last Friday in October? The phone lines are blowing up. You can call us at 801-575-7668. You're listening to Inside Source. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back to Inside Sources. We're still trying to figure out exactly what that means, but I'm Ben Horsley, guest hosting with... Casey Scott, and we do have a little breaking news. I took care of that fly for you. Yeah, and you're my conquering hero because I got to tell you, that was bugging the crap out of me. And you didn't even let me finish my story because okay, your, so your friend. To, to catch everybody back, you were telling me about a general conference uh, that I didn't see and that this fly was bugging. Uh, the speaker. Yeah. And so literally I'm on Twitter following this and a Twitter account, account breaks out. It's general conference fly. Ah. And I'm pretty sure that was the same fly because he landed on me like four times. But he had a very long-running Twitter account. It may even still be out there. Uh, but we did get a nice tip on the t- uh, the text line, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Text your comments to 57500. Tips for catching flies once they land. Spray them with Windex and they can't fly for a few minutes and this lets you catch and move them. So did you have Windex or how did you kill this fly? Brute strength. And the windows cracked to prove it. So Those congratulations. Are, <laughs> are they really? Yeah. I don't want to know about that. Okay. <laughs> We've got some other texts coming in. Uh, if you didn't know, the the windows here are bulletproof. So yeah. we, don't, we don't have those in schools, but uh, we have them here on the studio. So part of the homeless problem, going back to our, our conversation a few segments ago, a huge part is that those who are trying to fix the problem have never been homeless. Um, I kind of have a something to say about that. I don't know if that's... Really? That seems weird. You have something <laughs> you, to you say? say you, <laughs> huh. you say that I'm not going to have any friends by the end of the show. I'm not going to do this. this no, I think, no, but I think you you got to be authentic. That's what the new generation yeah. is talking about. It's be authentic. So, so read it and then, yeah, comment. That's what the uh, show's about. It says, I have middle-aged white man, couldn't get a dollar from the government if I begged. I lived on the streets for 10 years, full-time working it out, but I couldn't afford a place due to crushing divorce payments. After 30 years of marriage. So I, I wouldn't disagree. Uh, that being said, if you're homeless and you don't, you're not able to get into a home, I'm assuming you, you and I talked about this off air. It's mm. usually be, some people choose to be homeless. Uh, yeah. Not everybody, obviously. And uh, obviously we still want to be compassionate. 
But I think everybody's got a story, and I think what we need to do is listen to everybody and, and, and find out what we can do to help and point them in the right direction and help them graduate from their situation to the next and get back into society at full stream. I agree, and I think the uh, the, the model that the state's adopting, it's still not being fully implemented, obviously. Uh, this wraparound services is, is appropriate direction to, to, to reach that. Here's another comment. Uh, the state legislature needs to recognize that there's a huge need for another family shelter. Midvale home, uh, road, road home is overcrowded. Um, policy gap in serving the disabled. A mom with an adult severely disabled son was turned away because he's considered a man. Had to go to the men's shelter. Obviously, there's not a one-size-fits-all when it comes to any government solution. So I, I don't necessarily disagree with that that texter either. So maybe I can be friends with them, I guess. I think what we've learned is you just have to read the whole text. Yes. And then make up your mind. <laughs> well, I'm still working on that. And who knows if they'll have me back. They were scraping the bottom of the barrel when they invited me to be on the show in the first well, place. Well, we're excited for our next guest. And uh, she's on the phone. And uh, she's a friend of both of ours. And, of course, we're talking about... Amy Winder-Newton, who's on the Salt Lake County Council. There's uh, Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you. I understand you're calling in uh, not from locally. You're down with your family in St. George. Is that correct? That's right, yep. Thanks for joining us on the show today. We invited you on because we were following um, some breaking news on Twitter that uh, perhaps you might be uh, revealing to close folks that you're contemplating to run for governor and are potentially raising some funds. Do you want to let us know on, let us in on that breaking news? (laughs) Well, I did send an email out to uh, some friends and family and, and let them know that there may be an announcement coming soon. So that is correct. So, so you're, you're uh, not going to obviously uh, break that news for us here today, but uh, is there a certain reason you're considering this race and contemplating it? You know, we've got such an awesome state. I mean, Utah is a, such a great place to be. We've, we all want to continue to lead the nation. And for me, in 40 years, I want my kids and grandkids to have the same or better quality of life here that we do now. And so... You know, I care deeply about this state and believe that I have some experiences and some uh, some things that I can bring to the table. So, yeah, I'm definitely considering that. And when when when, when you're considering a, a, a move like this, uh, how important is your family's thoughts and beliefs, uh, you know, involved in that? In making the decision? Yeah. Uh, of course, it's a very important thing. You know, as a family, this is this is something we have taken very seriously, and um, I wouldn't be pursuing anything without the full support of my kids and my husband. So it's definitely very important. I just want to personally thank you because usually when people come on and start talking about these announcements, it's these vague, my family and friends have been encouraging me to run kind of uh <laughs> token comments so thank you for not going in that direction uh, do you feel there's a gap to fill here uh you're obviously if you do announce your candidacy you're going to be the lone female in the race i know that uh, lieutenant governor spencer cox held an event a few weeks ago encouraging more women to run i don't know if this is what he was intending yeah i mean i heard that announcement and i thought boy i've got to take this seriously so i appreciate him for uh for uh encouraging me I'm just kidding. But, no, I, I mean, I, I think that no matter the gender, it's just really important when we have lots of good people in an important race like this so that we can really dive in on policy and, and the future of our state and be able to talk through the things that we need and the things that we want to see for our, our families. I mean, I just think there's 
so many great things that we can be talking about from education to, you know, workforce and jobs. Um, you know, we've obviously we're experiencing great growth issues along the Wasatch Front. And then our rural communities have lots of challenges as well. And um, I spent a few months traveling around the state. I've been to all 29 counties and met with all the the locals there, well, many of the locals there, as well as some of the elected officials to really understand the needs in each community. And boy, there's one thing for sure, and that's that there's not a one-size-fits-all for our state. And we do have very unique communities that all have different needs. And we need somebody who's looking out for the little guy, somebody who's looking out for each individual here in our state and making sure that we can make decisions that are going to best impact them, not just for the next four years, but for the next 40 years. Amy, what do you think you bring to the table that other candidates don't? Well, I, you know, I would say of, of all of the candidates who are considering running or have announced, I have the most local government experience. I've been involved in my community for over 25 years. I've done everything from being involved in the incorporation effort for Taylorsville City to serving eight years on a planning commission to being on school community councils. I even worked for my city doing communications and economic development marketing. And then I've served the last six years on the Salt Lake County Council um, and last year I, I served as the chair. And so my local government experience is unmatched. I mean, I've been in the trenches. I've been doing the things that need to be done in our communities. And I feel like that's given me some good experience. Um, you know, being on a council with five Republicans and four Democrats has been really interesting. And when I served as chair last year, one thing that we did is we worked really well together on trying to get things done. And building relationships and being able to bring people together is an important quality. And so that's something I have direct experience in as we look at different issues facing our communities. Um, I also have been working on the state's second largest budget for the last six years. And so, you know, when, when you talk about a $1.2 billion budget and having somebody who's a fiscal conservative that's going to be looking for ways to better utilize tax dollars and cutting wasteful spending, that's top of mind for me. So, and then, you know, as a small, so I started as a small business in 2003, and I feel like that perspective has been good, too, being able to see firsthand how important it is to maintain a good business climate in our state. And, you know, I want to make sure we remain the best state for business to keep our economy strong. So there's there's just a few experiences I've had throughout my life that I think... A few? That was a laundry list, man. I was going to tell you to breathe. <laughs> That's a lot of accomplishments and a lot of different perspectives, um, which... Uh, in that inclination, you mentioned as we wrap up this segment here that you've been all over the state. I, how has that not been out on Twitter and social media already? I mean, standard politician protocol is to blast out all their uh, events and stuff. I mean, is that that seems like a different approach? You know, I I really just wanted to be able to listen to individuals and have them know I wasn't doing it to get media attention or. Or, you know, have my name flashed on social media. I, I, so I purposely didn't post that or publicize it because I, I really wanted to just learn for myself what was on their minds and better understand the issues. And I felt like that was better than having distraction of pushing for media coverage or anything else. And so, um, you know, so we were out there between April and the beginning of July, and it was a great experience. I loved it. And I plan to do it again. All right. Lastly, what is the weather like down in St. George? Oh, it's awesome. We're wearing shorts and um, short sleeves, and it's beautiful. So 
Hey, thank you very much for taking. A great state. Yeah, thank you very much for taking your time uh, out of your vacation to talk with us here on KSL Radio. We really do appreciate it, and wish you the best of luck in whatever endeavors you choose. Hey, thank you very much. Have a great day. And stick around for Inside Source coming up. Should Halloween be the last Friday in October forever? We're going to get to your comments and to the phone lines coming up. Stick around. Inside Source will be right back. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Casey Scott. That's Ben Horsley. We are your co-hosts for today. We've tackled some serious issues, some lighthearted issues, and now we want to get down and dirty. Very much so. We're going for the hardest of hard-hitting of issues. It's Halloween, and I feel Halloween should be the last Friday in October. Why are you saying Friday? Because I'm thinking Saturday might even work better. Because it gives you two days to recoup. It's all about the candy hangovers. Okay, is your house one of those houses? And you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like all the decorations. You put up Halloween lights. So You're sitting me, out on the front porch. My house is... Two been, days to recover. My house has been scary for 14 years. <laughs> for the first 13, it was scary because my ex-wife would decorate it in all Halloween uh, madness and craziness. Okay. The last year, it's scary because I'm a single dad and I live at home and I can't maintain anything. <laughs> so that's why it's scary. I'm going to come mow your lawn yeah. so I can get the therapy out of it. I'll let you. All right. Yeah. I'll Give let you. And I'll bring you some you. ice water and it'll be nice. But no, my thought is, is that, you know, it's like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's always the third Thursday in November, you know, and it, it, it changes dates all the time. And so Thanksgiving is still Thanksgiving. Halloween should be a Friday or a Saturday. I don't really care, but it should be just a set date. Because you work for the school district, how much fun is it to have Halloween on a Tuesday, have the kids stay out till 9, 10, try to do parties, and then have to come to a full day of school? No, I don't disagree with that, and I think we actually have a teacher who's got some thoughts on this. This is such a great idea. Do it. Anything we can do to make this happen, it's worth it. I've been a teacher for 35 years, trying to schedule a calendar. Children love Halloween holiday more than anything else. They really get into it. Um, but a lot of teachers hate it because they just cannot schedule what they need to do. So last Friday of October, perfect for everyone. See? Wow. I guess it does need to be on a Friday so you can still do the celebration stuff in school. A lot of schools actually have moved away from Halloween celebrations. Just it's take away from instruction. You know, I know my kids uh, at the elementary school they go to, they have a Halloween parade. And so it's just for one hour. You go in there and all the kids parade along. And, they're and in they all costumes. go through every classroom. Yep, together. every yeah. classroom. And you get to nope. see them. And here's something that's online right now. And I pulled it up. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. This is uh, USA Today, but it's dated uh, July 25th. 2019. A change.org petition to change the date of Halloween is gaining traction and closing in on its goal of 75,000 signatures, at which point it will be sent to President Donald Day, Donald Donald Trump. The petition started last year by the Halloween and Costume Association has more than 63,000 signatures as of Thursday. So that was a while ago. So what they're doing is they're trying to really make this a legit deal. So we, we don't even need... Uh, do we honestly want Donald Trump to deal with this problem? Sure. I mean... Uh, I'm just saying the the reality is in the state of Utah, we could just say we're going to celebrate it on this day. We get the, the legis- This isn't a federal holiday or anything. Well, I uh, this Robin. Is a, yeah, I had to come us. in on this one because we're talking Halloween. It's just my favorite thing in kids, which I have. And uh, my take is absolutely if you know, why not? 
These things aren't set in stone. They're not sacred. Uh, I, I have adopted a policy in our house on Halloween after, what are we, 10 years now of, of childness in my house. We do not put a limit. If This is, this is going to, you know, this is a hot topic. We do not put a limit on the amount of candy my kids are allowed to consume on Halloween. We, we tried it's a free th- for Dentists all. are weeping as we speak. Well, we did it. We tried it every way. We tried that you may only have three pieces on Halloween and then three pieces every day thereafter until. So finally, to make the holiday fun and to. DCFS is heading to your right. house right now. My husband and I just decided, you know what? They need to learn their limits. So the day after Halloween in the Garfield house is bleak because my kids have the sugar hangover because we actually had a kid throw up one year, which is, I hate to say it. I looked at him and I was like, well, now you know. Now you know what happens when you eat that much candy. So, yeah, having it on a weekend or having a Saturday to recuperate every year would be fantastic for our family because it's a little jittery. So we do have a text uh, tipper coming in. Uh, By the way, we invite you to weigh in anytime you like on the text line, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Text your comments to 57500. Hey, dude. I guess he's referencing you or me. I'm probably the dude. Okay, you're the dude. In yeah, the, probably. You're the dude in this relationship. It's already on a set date, 31 October. I think they might have missed what we were getting at there. Yeah. I I just, I, things change. It's called evolution. And, it, you know. <laughs> you know, here in the state of Utah, we've got some uh, quirky little cultural things that we do. Uh, it was pointed out that uh, when July 24th falls on a Sunday, they generally celebrate it on the Saturday before or the following Monday. So why can't we just do that culturally? Why can't we just say, hey, as a society, we don't this change.org thing. I don't know how much that's really going to change anything um, unless Donald Trump needs something to distract Congress with. <laughs> Sorry, you were going to say something. No, right? no. I, I've just got a little mark every time you do something, and so we're, we're getting up there pretty high. I, no, I'm just saying I think it should be on a on a Friday. I just think it will make it easier for everybody, and that's just my opinion. You don't have to take it. I don't care. So how do we make this happen, though? Because teacher obviously loves it. So Well, there is a petition, and we all know how much teeth these petitions have. If there's well, an online petition, man, it is already— We need a resolution. <laughs> Well, how, how do we get that done? I mean, you, right, let's you ran get, for an office. You got it. Representative Schultz back on the line. I'm an idea guy, okay? My yeah, you're follow- not implementation. No, no. I'm an idea guy. I'm like a, a sprite. I just I give you these ideas, and then you make them happen. All right. I will put together the committee to move Halloween to a set day, not date, day within Halloween. So do we know why Halloween is on October 31st? I don't. I don't. I actually Googled it. I, got I, I Googled Wikipedia it stuff. as well. Uh, I love Google. There Please wasn't a me. quick answer, but it said this is the, 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 the oh God, Celtic? No, Celtics. Thank you. I want to say the Celtics because it's the basketball team. The the Celtics, the, on the night of October 31st, they it's celebrated- It's Eve though, right? Sam, well, this is this is the ancient, 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 because okay. we, we upgraded and it changed- uh, Sam Hain, which they believed uh, was the day the ghost of the dead returned to Earth. In addition to causing trouble and damaging the crops, the Celts thought that Celts Celts Celts. Why does that still not sound right? Uh, thought the presence of otherworldly spirits made it easier for the Druids uh, priests to make predictions about the future. So it was all calendar based, and that's how all of the holidays are now. I mean, Easter sure. is at the. It's based on the spring uh, equinox and well, yeah, that's to do with the moon after. and stuff. Yeah, and so yeah, th- these things aren't. They've been around because they've been around. Okay, but it, it is All Hallows' Eve, so if you move it a day, is that going to suddenly disturb the spirits? We yes. did have a good text come in. We could call it kind of Hallows' Eve. There you go. How are we going to inform the ghosts and witches that Halloween has changed? If it does, hashtag think about the dead. 
Um, when you text us, you don't have to put in hashtags, but it, this this was a little cute and fun. So uh, with respect to that, um, I'm going to let you kind of figure that out. So it's I don't know how we informed that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we'll get the idea going. Either way, it's time to move on. We'll take a quick break on Inside Sources. And coming back, we'll wrap up uh, the day, do a little quick recap, and uh, talk about all those other hot topics, including some other breaking news. So uh, stay with us on Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Ben Horsley. I'm here with Casey Scott. <laughs> I'm just trying to sit, sit sit down and figure out how many people you're going to need to apologize to when this show is done. I thought I did really well. I, I've been <laughs> on now. This is like I don't know how many times I've been on the show, but I offend a lot more traditionally. Oh, really? So, oh, so yeah. I got the the, the best Ben. I thought you did. No, I no. I, I look. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I had a great time with you, and I love your energy, and I love your passion. And uh, I mean, I, 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 it's refreshing to have somebody say what they mean. And well, I'll tell you right now. I think you're just saying that because you really do want me to come mow your lawn. Yeah, I do. I do want you to mow my lawn. I got banned from mowing my lawn because I only mow my lawn with my shirt off. <laughs> I don't see what the problem is. I, I didn't either. But the neighbors got together and said, "Hey." Put a shirt on. Are these the same neighbors that get mad when I don't pick up my leaves and they blow into their yard? Yes. And they are obviously conspiring against us there in Davis County. So, uh, You know what? I love Davis County. Uh, I love Davis County. Can't complain about that. There is um, a couple more texts, but we're going to recap the show a little bit. Move Halloween to a Friday. Kids want to go to a haunted house or Halloween party, but if it falls on a school night, they have school the next day, which is legit issue. Yep. So we've decided that the way to fix this problem is to go where the source of the money is, which is retailers. Yeah, and I think they can, you know. Retail. They've got the power. they got lobbyists. they got uh, the high-powered costume industry lobbyist. Yeah, get Amazon aboard. Well, I oh, think that'll work. What we need to do is come up with a catchy hashtag. We need to come up with a campaign, something that rhymes. Get it on Twitter. Okay, people, uh, get out there. Get on the text line, the Utah Community Credit Union text line, 57500. Let us know what the hashtag would be. It's It's got to be like Free Britney, you know, Britney Spears, that hashtag from her fans, right? Uh, it's got to be something catchy. I don't know. I don't. I got nothing. Move the spoon. Oh, yeah. Really? Because it sounds like you got a lot. I got nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm really just you sitting. You say I'm smart. I'm faking it. I'm, I'm just sitting back right and enjoy now. the ride. But the real conversation was happening when the mics were off and we were talking, what do we do with all the kids' candy? And I thought you guys had some great uh, advice. Uh, the only thing that I do when my kids come through the door is there's a dad tax, and it's all the Reese's peanut butter cups. They know that that's it's an just, excellent choice. That's just going to dad. Well, did you see that, that they just said Reese's are the most popular Halloween candy. It makes sense. Hey, what is with these people though that are giving out? Like, I don't think you can say these people. Are these people, I they are certain type of people who give you the the what are they called the taffy? Who gives out taffy still? I like. What's the other bad yeah. kind of candy for Halloween? Uh, candy. Oh, thank Chicklets. you. Yeah, yes, candy gum. corn is worst. There's always the toothbrush on the block. You know. <laughs> there it is from the and one then, dentist. Conversely, the person who's giving out the full size candy bars. Oh, we had a house, and I grew up in Bountiful. I could say the last name, but I won't over the air. There was a family up the street from us, and they had, and you had to get there early, and they would give you. Would they run size. out? Yeah, they'd run out. It was like a storm. You'd, you'd rush their house, you know, at about five o'clock at night. I'll tell you what. I did this once when I was uh, early on in my marriage. We had no money, but we had two boxes of Top Ramen. Every kid got a bag of Top Ramen. Oh my goodness. 
That's my food storage. I'm not giving that away. <laughs> That's my food storage. <laughs> we have had years where we've run out of candy, and then you start getting desperate, and you walk around the house just like they, they can have a, a, a toothpick. Chips. <laughs> okay, here's how it goes in my house, because with the candy you mentioned, uh, there is this. My wife kind of consolidates most of it, so the kids don't eat it all in one night. Uh, progressively gives it out over the year. But what she does is she actually puts up the Christmas tree. She loves Christmas. She puts up the Christmas tree on Halloween. So the window's open. You can see her putting on the lights. And uh, she gives out candy canes with a little note that tells them how many days there are till Christmas. That's actually so, kind of cool. I wanted to hate it at first. You, I know. I, I, you I really did. Seating. I wanted to hate it at first. But then I was like, no, that's actually kind of cool. She just loves Christmas. And she's still giving them candy. They're getting candy canes. But but it seems like Thanksgiving's becoming the forgotten holiday. Wasn't that Donald Trump Jr.? I'm trying to find the story because I can't remember which one, which of his sons this week uh, <gasps> said we we can't say Merry Christmas on Halloween. We have to preserve the spirit of Halloween, and it, we're, there's a, a war on Halloween with all the Christmas stuff coming. I'm trying to find the new story. Well, uh, it's true because Costco has Christmas trees up right now. You can go over there right now. You can find Christmas stuff. So to to that extent, our our text line hashtag Make Halloween Great Again. So a little play on uh, Donald Trump's slogan there. Good for you. All right. Some of the green. It is intended to boost Halloween sales, which I'm totally okay with. But I'm on board with you now, Casey. I believe this is a fruitful idea that we as a society and a culture need to pursue. Okay. And we should recap the show. We've had a, a lot of great conversations, a lot of people stopping by and uh, helping us out with our show. I want to say thanks to Senator uh, Representative Mike Schultz. Uh, Amy Winder Newton stopped by and talked about maybe her possible candidacy for governor. Yeah, that was exciting. I was actually intrigued by some of the the things and ideas she presented. Um, we obviously uh, discussed the homelessness issue, and I do want to put a pitch out there that uh, you kind of mentioned families, and uh, these are real issues that are our, our society is struggling with. And I want to point out that these are even if. The, these individuals might be facing uh, drug addiction or other challenges. They're still human beings, and they're still people, and we need to make sure that we treat everybody with kindness and love and consideration, even if we don't have a dollar to give them at that moment. Oh, you're looking at me. That's when I jump in? That's absolutely it. You, got, you yeah, want to throw I, on that? It's, it's, it's yin and yang. No, I agree with you. I think everybody's got a story, and it's unfairly to judge everybody on just one thing. So find out the story. Find out how you can help and make a difference. And, you know, you don't have to give them money. There are other things you can do. You can point out, uh, you know, I had a my favorite 7-Eleven. They now have a no, uh, please don't give to panhandler sign because it was a big issue. And I used to have people coming up to me. I'm one of those people that goes to 7-Eleven and gets a huge diet Dr. Pepper every day. That's really healthy, I know, uh, especially when they come with the double chocolate This is my judgment donuts. face. This is yes, a face I of can judgment. see if you mm-hmm. can see Robin's face mm-hmm. right now. Judge away. But at the same time, I offer I would offer to buy somebody a donut instead of giving them money if I didn't feel comfortable doing that. There's there's lots of opportunities to help people. Um, so homelessness, especially as the weather gets colder, uh, obviously we're hoping that shelter gets opened in time. I know a lot of uh, homelessness is uh, because of substance abuse. And so for that, I'd say if you know somebody who has suffered and needs some help, uh, reach out. There's uh, all kinds of uh, great programs out there that will allow you to – to, to, to get back on your feet. And there's a lot. We had a lot of mental health um, coverage a few months ago when you were on KC, and a lot of uh, issues surrounding homelessness comes from mental health issues uh-huh. and uh, trying to beef up the care that we can give people on the streets. There is an event coming up on October 25th, um, Utah Gives Back, 
where there will be the homeless population will be invited to attend a, a, a special kind of convention, the Salt Palace, where they can go and get free medical care, uh, help for their pets, clothes, all of these things, an event to kind of and, and some mental health treatment. Sounds like a great event. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of good things happening in our community, and I, I love our our society and culture here. We want to help people. Uh, we want to enrich each other's lives. I uh, want to make a difference. So uh, that's always a great thing about uh, uh, why we live in Utah. I think that's actually why we live where we live is because the people are who they are. And obviously the text, uh, the texts are starting to come through again on this Halloween issue. So clearly they have embraced your idea, Scott, Casey. So No, I, I love it. And, and, and thank you for having me on today, Ben. Thank you for co-hosting with me. Robin, thanks for inviting me. And thanks for KSL for letting me. And, uh, you know, this is – this has been a lot of fun, and uh, if I could leave you with one parting thought, uh, the best candy in the world, bar none, is frozen Reese's peanut butter cups. Frozen? Why frozen? Everything's better cold. Frozen you... Snickers. I'm going to put in a plug for frozen Snickers. Do you break your teeth or something? Yeah. No, yeah, you, you do, have to be but... very careful, but frozen Snickers, you can Again, buy frozen Snickers. Again, dentists are weeping as they listen to this segment, because yeah. we're talking about... All this candy, so... Well, if you freeze it, it deactivates the sugar, you see. Well, yeah. And the calories. And then it's Mm fat-free, too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no calories in a frozen snack. Breaking news, people, on KSL News Jeff Kaplan, when are you running for president? Because I'm voting. (laughs) I'm telling you what. Whatever you're selling, I'm buying. I think you're amazing. And uh, what's your favorite candy, Jeff? I'd say Reese's Peas. Uh, Reese's Cups, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I'm down with that. Thanks for having us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.